to the Earth. Use your zapper light gun to blast deadly UFOs, hurling meteors and angry aliens on a cosmic battlefield. And welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of Every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. Joe. Guys, the Zapper lives, but it actually hasn't been too long since its last appearance. Just, it's been a while on the actual podcast. You see, we play a game a week, but that doesn't represent a month. So this is actually the third Zapper game for 1989. It's still alive and well. We just haven't thought about it in a minute. What was our most recent Zapper game? Why would you ask me a question I'm not prepared for? <laughs> no, I'm prepared not. for everything at all. I'm sure times. I could pull it up real fast. What do you think the most recent Zapper game was? I mean, it wasn't Freedom Force. It was after that, right? It was long after that. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking remember. it was Operation Wolf. No, it was Shooting Range. Shooting Range. Shooting Range was after Operation Wolf? Yeah, Shooting Range was June of 89. And if you recall, Shooting Range was more of like a, a minigame selection. Yes, I have very... Clear memories of this. I I definitely know. <laughs> you commit to memory every Zapper game. Uh, it definitely was very different than all the other Zapper <laughs> games we played. Uh, this is the one where like you, you'd have the target, but like it was a target over the person's head you had to hit, right? Yes. Yeah, I remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I have vague recollections of that. Great. So I mean, look, Nintendo's still publishing these Zapper games. Uh, but they aren't developed by them. They're just saying, like, yeah, you make them, and we'll keep supporting them, and we'll keep promoting the Zapper and Nintendo Power, and your game will sell. Thank you for taking the time to make games for our accessories. This one was made by Serka Verte. Who? <laughs> like, I who, like it. Who is Serka Verte? I looked into this. This is the only game they ever made. Oh. Was this, like, a pop-up? company that nintendo of america like made this way in case it flopped they wouldn't be responsible for it it sounds like a company that like usually makes fragrances and they just wanted to try their hand at video games maybe this is the game based on one of their fragrances yeah the to the earth collection uh i guess i'm just you know i'm really surprised that you know, obviously it, to me this is pretty like you know nintendo of america not committing to making another Zapper game. I don't know if this actually came out in Japan, so maybe maybe it did, maybe it didn't, and then it would be a flaw in my Nintendo America plan. It just seems like for a company to only make one game and for it to be published by Nintendo, that's a little too much of a coincidence, right? That would be like Sean making a game today and like it winding up on a Nintendo Direct. All right, well, let's just... Okay, that's insulting. Like, it's not crazy that I'd make a game, Mike. I noticed that you didn't say... You didn't say it would be like Joe making a game being on Nintendo Direct. Well, Joe, Joe's made a Pokemon game, right? Sort of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you made an, another NES game, too. An NES-like game. Yes. If you want to call them games, they're, they're things that you can interact with. They work. Technically, only Sam has ever made an actual game that could run on the NES. That's true. true. Which was for our um, NES Game Jam, uh, which we have an episode for. And I think all those games are still playable. So if you go to the episode, it'll have a link to the games. So that's fun. 
All of these are of the same quality as To the Earth um, and could have been released by Circa Verte. Look, it's 2050 and the Rogozians have invaded the Earth with a dastardly bacteriological weapon. The human race is facing the danger of extinction and it's up to really like it seems like it's you in a spaceship but somehow that's just you with a gun like maybe yeah. maybe you're like holding the gun outside of the cockpit and shooting <laughs> i thought about this a lot you're i think you're shooting through the the windshield of sorts of the of the spaceship you're just standing there there's no there's no seat or like controls or anything you're just shooting out the the, the front window i i like to think of this as their uh it's not not like a cyberpunk thing or or a steampunk thing, but in the world of this game, uh, we have sort of reverted back to World War One era uh, aeronautic fight fighting, where yeah, you just have like a laser pistol that you shoot from your cockpit, and I've I've never seen that before. That's fascinating. In like World War One, I, I mean, the the I assume that like the planes had guns attached to them. Not that like they were holding a pistol in front of them and shooting. Right? No, in in World War One, they were holding pistols and shooting at each other. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta go back to history class. <laughs> it's the same thing as like being on a horse, except for now you're on a plane. Yeah, I guess. Uh, interesting. I'd like to see a a horse mounted to a gun. Who would win that battle? Guy with a horse and a gun, or guy with a plane and a gun? Probably Seems... the plane. It's a level playing field, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it's exact. It's past versus future, the, the most even uh, contest. Yeah. I, I bring this up about the, you know, you with the zapper thing, because every other zapper game we played was clearly built around the idea that what you were controlling was this handgun, right? Like, whether it was uh, shooting ducks or um, training to be in the FBI or just, uh, you know, taking down a terrorist organization. It was always centered around, like, a guy holding a gun, and this time it's very clearly like you're also on autopilot in a ship, and you're focusing more on the shooting part of the of the game. You know, maybe it's like maybe you can justify it, like you know, when you see like a sci-fi thing where it's like you wear a glove, and whatever you do with that glove, it controls like the robot's arm. It's like that. Maybe like this gun is controlling the ship's gun, so it's just an easy way for you to know where you're aiming the ship's gun. It's just as ambiguous as like gun smoke or gun dot smoke where you make the guy jump by shooting him in the feet. I mean, we've seen something silly. That was um gumshoe. Same goddamn thing. <laughs> gun gum, smoke gum was almost shoe. an essential game. Yeah, well <laughs> sorry, gumshoe, where you shoot at a guy's feet, the the gumshoe. And uh, that makes him jump, but it's also how you shoot other things. It, it, we've seen this before. It's just that was little... just a reference to Goodfellas, though. You're playing as Joe <laughs> Pesci, shooting at that guy's feet to make him dance. Just spider. all all the time, right? Spider. That was actually Spider in Gumshoe. <laughs> just older. Well, maybe this is Spider in Space. I like that. Should have been the title. Yeah, they should have made that clear. So to the earth, uh, you know, it has a you're in the cockpit view and these other UFOs, they describe them as, but they're really just like other spaceships of different colors come flying at you um, pretty much like 
first, they look very far away, but because of their speed, they quickly approach you, and it tries to do this 3D effect of them zooming by you. Uh, the goal of the game is to destroy these incoming enemy spacecraft um, or missiles or asteroids without um, without taking enough damage that your own ship would die uh, or explode because the ship doesn't have a life. Only you do. Remember that. Uh, so it's kind of like, in a way, this game is set up like a first-person missile command with also some friendly fire attached to it. Yeah, there's like one time every few minutes where there can be friendly fire uh uh, there's like a sort of health restock that happens every few minutes yeah it's not exactly clear at on the on your first playthrough that like hey this isn't this is an ally don't shoot it until you shoot it and you lose like 80 percent of your health because i don't know it retaliates or something yeah but that that's that's a that's sort of an exception to the moment-to-moment gameplay which is just a uh, it's just another like sort of shmup, not shmup, like a first person, like almost Top Gunny, um, where stuff just flies at you, and and your accuracy will also have an effect on your energy slash health. So if you're really bad, you're gonna you're gonna uh you're gonna lose health faster, and you only get um energy back by shooting down enemy plane slash ufo slash spaceships yeah but you mentioned it being you you said shmup and i and i actually kind of think that that is like how it feels like maybe it's not i mean it wouldn't really be classified as a shmup but it feels very much like a first person first person shmup to me compared to like other zapper games just because of how much is coming at you at all times and you get little power-ups and you get little like uh yeah you get little um health pickups and stuff like that and it just it just feels like sort of intensity of a shmup i mean i guess the the difference being that you're not um you are not in danger of running into obstacles other than like things that are being shot at you yeah you're not controlling your movement you're just controlling whether you uh you you hit the things you want to hit or if you can blow up the missiles before they hit you And in other Zapper games, we've usually shot at either dummy targets that sometimes are completely stationary or um, move around the screen, or you shoot at, like, other people. What's it like shooting at a spaceship, right? Like, those those things go a little faster, um, and especially with the technique of how the game was designed from this cockpit view, as I mentioned, they start off very small and then kind of get larger but also zoom faster across the screen. Is it comparable... uh, you know, to saying shooting the ducks in Duck Hunt, or is it a completely different kind of zapper experience? I think that it compares to Duck Hunt only in, like, the most basic level, but but what you're talking about, the speed of these things, or, like, the 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 feeling of motion, like, feel like it's getting closer to you because suddenly it feels faster, is what sets it apart significantly for me where it really feels like i mean it is the most fast-paced zapper game we played i think by far where like everything is not just with the speed that the things are that the uh obstacles or ships are coming at you but with how many things are on the screen at one time i mean i actually was not aware that the zapper could or that the nes zapper combination could like handle all that at at one time but uh I, i don't remember other games having like this many obstacles on the screen at any given moment moving so fast so it like really feels like 
the training wheels are off here. It's like it's like almost as hard as you would imagine it would be to to be one ship taking on like a hundred ships. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there is something a little bit lost though in the fact that you don't control your ship, that it is just kind of on this autopilot that seems to just be forward facing against every single enemy alien ship, and maybe it'd be a little better if you could you know, also choose to dodge some of these things or not be in their trajectory. Obviously, for an NES game, that would be a little too technical, but it does wind up being one particular problem I have with this game. In terms of how it works with the amount of things on screen, it actually is a very, like, if you watch a video of it, it's a very smooth and satisfying experience. I can't say the same while I'm the person that's doing the shooting. Um, It winds up becoming a thing that, I don't know, maybe my eyes are getting worse with age or something, But by the time I recognize these guys, I have a problem tracking them. I'm kind of shooting where I saw them rather than where they are. And um, with the amount of things that show up on screen, especially in later stages, where it's not just, you know, one ship flies by from the left and then another one on the right, things kind of do come at you in a almost like rhythm fashion where you need to get into a groove with your shooting in order to not get hit by every other uh, thing that comes your way. It, it it winds up a little too much for me. I, I was probably flailing around a little too much, uh, being trigger happy, just hoping I would hit something rather than having any actual skill. Again, maybe that's a me problem and my eyes and just how I was tracking the enemies a little too fast for my liking. Well, that's that brings me to like a more technical question. Um, so what Joe was saying about how this sort of pushing the limit of how uh, how fast a zapper game can be, and and the troubles that you were having with it, like it, I I didn't know that the zapper camera like thing could even resolve some of the um, the sizes of the hitboxes uh, at at the distance that you would play at. Like sometimes, like you can hit a ship that is just way out in the distance and it's just a little speck. Like when you, when you see that flash and you see the hit boxes that the uh, peripheral actual sees uh, to uh, mark it as a, as a hit or not, I, I didn't even know that it could see stuff like that. Like did we, Joe, did you have, um, did you notice that it was actually like you were accurately hitting these things at, those far distances or did it feel like, Oh, I think I kind of hit that, but it didn't really, didn't really work. No, I absolutely noticed that I hit him at the far distance. In fact, I think that when, when it's at the far distance is the best time, at least in my opinion, to hit it because you have, because it's moving slower, but like the, as far as it being that tiny little hitbox, I mean, it makes it obviously like literally a little more difficult to aim at it because you have to aim at a smaller spot but i never felt like the gun wasn't picking it up like i felt like if i missed i missed um and and like i i really want to talk about that like just how accurate it is but i think it'll just turn into me praising the technology of the light gun again which i've done in like every other light gun game but just i'll just say simply it stands up here like even with this stuff, the fast-paced stuff, I mean, it's definitely like really difficult because it's because it's difficult, like inherently, like the gameplay is difficult, and and, and it never to me felt like the difficulty came from technical limit limitations of the of the gun or it not being able to pick up um pick up uh the the small targets. The only thing I'll say is that like 
when it's literally the spec way, way in the back, I'm talking for like one second when it first appears, even like a second later when it's like the second size it can be, when it's like that one tiny little spec, I notice it doesn't even give it a, a white hitbox. So I think that's just telling you where it's about to come from. And then one, but it's like significantly like tiny when you can still hit it. So like it, it always felt like it gave me like one second to kind of like line up the shot. And then like once it, once it got just like, I mean, I, I almost don't even want to say that because I, I wanted, I want to make it clear that like this is still, we're still talking about a spec and you can hit it. When it first appears, it doesn't even like show, it doesn't even register. Yeah, it's just crazy. I just, I, I think in all the other games that we've played, like you can very clearly delineate, like maybe it, it they're all, they all make sense that they would be seen by this peripheral. And then this is the first time I was like, oh, wow, it can actually see that. I want to go back and play the clay discs of Duck Hunt because I know, I don't remember if they ever got that small, but I know when they got in the distance, sometimes you had to be like, oh, my God, I got to get it before it disappears. And, and sometimes you can hit it when it was pretty small. Sean, you also bring up a good point about the technology uh, for my complaint because it's not a – this is not a technological complaint about the speed where it's so fast that the zapper can't register it and it becomes unfair or something. This is a uh, a speed complaint from a player skill thing. Theoretically, every ship and missile that comes across the screen can be taken care of before you ever have to take damage. It's not unfair in that regard. I just think personally the speed at which the enemies are coming was too fast for me, the player, to handle. Oh, I also agree about that. Um, I I didn't have the reaction time for a lot of this, and um, I guess the, those are just two separate aspects. Joe, you mentioned about uh, if you destroy an allied ship, it takes off a, a good chunk of your health. They, The way they distributed health in this game is that you have 100 points and each kind of thing, whether it's destroying something or getting hit by it, either plus or minuses this health. I, I appreciated this system, but it is very... Um, you know, the allied ship thing is where the game kind of gets out of proportion, and I get that they don't show up often, but destroying an allied ship basically takes off nine-tenths of your health bar, almost assuring destruction, whereas also receiving an energy pickup from an allied ship gives you back half your uh, your points. So everything else is just small little increments of, like, plus five, minus five, plus two, minus two, uh, and then there's just, like, this allied ship thing, which... Again, isn't something that's necessarily clear without reading the manual or, you know, playing the game a few times. You know, you could you could uh, be punished pretty hard for something like that. Otherwise, I thought that the game actually, for for someone who wasn't very good at it, it gave me a lot of time to play with it before I game overed. You know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, oh, you let three ships go by and now you're dead. Yeah, I think the fact that whenever you hit a ship, you gain health back helps like the longevity of your playthrough to an extent. I, you know, I'm on the fence. This is this is more just an an opinion of my like personal taste and not a criticism. But like, I'm on the fence about the idea that uh, when you when you shoot when you fire and miss, you lose some health. Like, I I understand that it's probably there, so you don't just like totally rapid fire and just you know like spray and pray and just hit whatever you can. 
but it feels like this game is just hard enough without that. <laughs> like, so like there'd be times where, I mean, I'm, when I'm playing, I'm not trying to like do the spray and pray thing, but I, but, and and I'm pretty like, um, descriptive with like what I'm aiming at, what I'm shooting at. But, but once in a while, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed and I am just like, oh my God, like I got to hit this and I'm, and I'm just trying to aim and, and, and stop, you know, stop missiles from hitting me. And that is what ends up killing me, not even from getting hit with the missiles, but from missing my shots at the missiles. Again, that's just maybe me being a little bit of a baby about how hard this is, but like I could have done without that personally. Yeah, I, I think to to Mike's point about the uh, the friendly fire causing almost certain death, I think that, that it happens infrequently enough, and the first time you do it is going to be uh, a memorable enough moment that you're probably not going to do it again if if you're paying attention. So I don't think that there, there's too much of an issue there. Uh, when it comes to the uh, tiny death by a thousand cuts of missed shots, I also don't have too big of a problem with it because all you really have to do is hit an enemy like once for every four or five missed shots and you should be at like net zero in terms of energy uh gain or loss um so i think they're they're relatively they're relatively generous with that the only thing that i wish they did differently is i don't think you get any energy back if you're just blowing up um a missile I think that that just sort of keeps you at zero. And the fact that there are very long stretches where the only thing that you can really focus on if you're at the level of me and Mike, um, it will just be missiles. So if you th then then it becomes like uh, a, a tight wire, a sorry, a high wire act of just like, oh, I just need to survive this. I can't let anything through because I'm not I'm not gaining any energy back. It's it, it becomes. Uh, a much more stressful situation. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about specifically when I said that like it gets crazy when you start to have to spray and pray. Because I agree, in the normal when you're just fighting the ships, yeah, you just you, you normally can hit more ships than you miss. But when when it comes to those missiles, first of all, they're moving a lot faster. Second of all, because they don't replenish your health, you almost don't have time to stop and say, "Hey, I got to hit a couple ships to get some health let back." Because as soon as you do that, you're going to get hit by like five missiles because like it's just there's no break. Uh, in those and and yeah sorry i did i did gloss over uh what you were saying mike about the uh friendly fire but i do think also it's like meant to be there as like a as like a quick like hey you shouldn't have done that but i almost think it's not even like a pay attention because it doesn't like once you know one time you're never going to get surprised by the friendly ship it's like everything's off the screen and this giant ship like slowly enters the frame like you know it's your ship it's never like trying to trick you except for the first time when it doesn't tell you what that ship is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say the friendly fire was more of a talking point, you know, like something I wanted to mention. And the actual point system was, you know, like what I was getting into because the levels aren't uh, randomized, you know. Uh, every time it's the same order of ships appearing in the same exact fashion. And so I feel like they could have done a little more playtesting and balancing based on, you know, to Sean's point, there's some sections where you're just getting missiles. Uh, with that in mind, they should have maybe balanced these points out a little more. Uh, Sean was actually being a little generous with the amount of missed shots to en destroyed enemy ships' recovery. Technically, you can only miss two shots 
for every enemy ship that you take down to net even, which I don't think is enough, especially considering that getting hit by a rock, uh, which probably won't happen, or one of the missiles will reduce by five points. So there's a lot more negative points being scored than ever, like, gaining points, because, again, the allied ship thing doesn't happen often enough, though it is a heavy reward of plus 50. The enemy ship part is where most of the rewards come from. However, there are sections where you're not uh, experiencing enemy ship power-up pickups. Well, then I guess the I, I guess the um, target accuracy is then 33%. All you have to do is shoot better than 33%, and you should be fine. I think that that's reasonable. Oh, I, yeah, I think it's reasonable in a game... You know, like Duck Hunt or uh, Operation Wolf or, you know, some of the other Zapper games we played. Uh, maybe I just really suck at this game. Uh, I, I was I was not shooting as high as 33%. Yeah, it, will, it also, it gives you an accuracy like rating at the end of each level. And I don't know exactly how it, how it registers that because I usually hover it around like 55 to 60. Maybe I'll say 50 to 60% accurate. And, uh, I'll, all right, so I'll tell you this. Before... Sean, you said that if you're at the level of you or Mike, I would like to put myself in that level as well because I'm not good at this game. But like, I think I'm, I think I'm decent at this game. I think I'm at least average at this game. But this game is just really hard. Like, I only got past the first level to to Uranus, 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 whatever you want to say. Uranus. I only got it past it one time without cheating. So to see more stuff, I did eventually uh, step really close to the to the screen and just start shooting like with my gun, like literally touching the the CRT screen. Um, just to just because like I still difficult. It's so hard still. <laughs> I mean, I can get past the first level fine, but the, the second level still very hard. But um, I don't remember why I was getting at that. Uh, how it was calculating your accuracy? Oh yeah, when I did that on the first level, I hit almost everything. I missed like two shots. And it still gave me sixty percent accuracy, but like while I was cheating, but like I was, I was, like nothing got by while I was cheating in the first level, uh, and it wasn't until the second level that it started still letting things by. Um, so I don't know how it's measuring the accuracy, but but yeah, I only got past the first level legitimately without cheating one time. I I don't have an explanation for that, so I'm just gonna go with it doesn't know how to count. <laughs> yeah, unless there's some weird like uh, I don't know, it's like weighting things differently or something. Yeah, it does feel like the answer here is just to remove the missed shot penalty, and that you should just either have like a limited ammo supply, which in my opinion is worse. I'm just saying like another option, or just remove that and have it be more about even letting enemy ships get by will reduce your health too, because theoretically, like that also increases the danger of Earth, right? Like, you shouldn't be letting anything get by you. However, I don't know. The missed shot penalty thing and the points in general is a pretty interesting, uh, like, hit point system in a Zapper game. And so maybe I just want them to balance it a little better than they did. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say that personally, I think that they could remove it and not add another form of damage other than getting hit. And this is hard enough. I mean, it, like, without it, you're still going to get hit a lot by those missiles, and it's still going to be really difficult to regain that health once things start coming at you fast. Like, I think it's not even making this game, like, a much easier game. It's just making it, like, a tiny bit easier, but still really difficult.
And there are some power-ups. Joe, you kind of teased these earlier. There is a bomb to destroy everything on screen. There is a, uh, like, comet power-up that grants temporary protection from uh, hits of all kind. And a shield, which um, it's dropped off by one of the uh, allies, uh, and that's what gives you the the health bonus. any any thoughts here? Could was that enough in terms of variety? Um, you know, three is usually not too much, but you know, in a zapper game, it's nice to have any kind of thing other than just shooting targets on a screen. So welcome surprise for me, but uh, it's still I would have liked to have seen maybe more. You know, like if you shoot now, you have a bigger hitbox or something, something that's probably impossible with the technology. Yeah, I I don't really know what they could have done because every input is discrete. Like you can't have like if it were in a shmup, um like a rapid fire, all you had to do is like hold the button down because the the screen would just be flickering over and over and it, it just wouldn't work. So I think with what they have, it's fine. Um I I don't know what else they could have done. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I know that um uh, Freedom Force had some had some other things like a grenade you could throw or something. I mean, this has the bomb. I, I, I'm not I'm not sure what else they could have done either. Like I I think it was cool to have, have the to power hold ups. the controller. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like that would be that would be the only other way to do it. Or like, yeah, I don't know. Join a player two joins with the controller and he can he can dodge with the ship or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but my my. And not issue, but just like a thing that I noticed with the with the power ups. I mean, yeah, there's just the the one offensive power up, which is that little bomb in the corner. Not really sure what causes it to show up. Is it like the more targets you hit, you might get it, or does it just show up randomly? Like it's weird because it feels like the better you're doing, the more likely you are to get it, but you can't like stockpile them. Like I kind of wish I could have. Like, like maybe not more variety of power-ups, but, like, the ability to have multiple of the same power-up. Like, I kind of wish I could have been saving those bombs for the times I needed it, but it, if I have one, I'm just not going to get another one. So then once I use it, I don't know if I have to, like, shoot the same amount of ships again to get it back. But, like, it would be nice to be able to have, like, a little arsenal of, even if it's all the same power-up, so I can be like, okay, this is a really tough part. I'm going to use, like, two of my power-ups here. And, Joe, before we recorded, uh, you were showing your... Uh, NES slash Zapper setup for To the Earth because you uh, went out and bought a copy, which is really cool. And when I was watching you play, it became kind of like a rhythm game in some sorts where uh, I was watching you play and I was seeing like what you uh, were able to destroy and what kind of got past you. And it's easier to to be the watcher, right? And like comment on like, oh, you should do this or you should do that, right? Like it always is easier to do that than play the game yourself. But I noticed that you could you yourself could get into a groove where you were kind of like noticing what what where, what was coming at you what you were taking care of and also what you had to go to next and you have to be really fast with the trigger this is not a game where like you shoot something and then wait for the next thing to show up this is a game where you constantly have to be pulling that trigger um i don't know if you want to talk a little bit about how it was with a zapper but i feel like that's worth uh worth discussing yeah i mean i think just that like yeah, you're calling it like a rhythm element to it, or just like that like constant stream of like these these patterns of enemies. 
that are that's happening so quickly is what really does set it apart from the other zapper games where it's like you still have to be just as accurate in in the other as the other zapper games you got to look down those sites that we learned way back in duck hunt are like really like essential to um to hitting your mark but you have to be like i think the biggest challenge for me was was keeping that lined up in my sights when i had to keep moving all over the screen so quickly like that's what i think would would trip me up the most is like once i would like lose the rhythm and like suddenly like unalign my sight for like a second getting back i would i'd miss like a ton in a row because i'm because it's like getting back to that like perfect aim while all this stuff's coming at you is not is not easy especially like i think that the parts that like really really get me are when um the ships are coming all at once all dropping missiles on you because the missiles move even faster than the ships and they start their life like on the screen closer to you where it's like the ships you see them in a distance as a speck and you're like okay that's coming next that's coming next but the missiles they just appear out of the ships so like if you if you start missing a couple ships suddenly all these missiles are coming at you too and then you're you're overwhelmed pretty quickly uh and and like i in pretty much i mean i'm assuming I, i'm not i don't know how far you guys got at all um but like like i said i really only played level one and a little bit of level two uh so like to jupiter or to um to uranus and then to saturn uh and that th that was already like getting i mean saturn was definitely harder and watching videos of it later i mean it gets only faster so i can't even imagine how you could keep that rhythm i mean it's definitely possible but like this is the kind of game that like you need to be you need to be a kid in the 80s and this is your only game and you need to play it a lot to get like really good at it and, and to get quick enough. It's a it's a calibration thing, right? Where uh, to keep the rhythm game example going up, if you're playing DDR, if you like mess up uh, on a particular move, you can't just then like get the very next step in either. You have to like relook at the screen coordinate your feet again uh it's kind of like that with the the zapper where if you miss one or or miss the line of sight you have to pause for a second and take a look around and and figure out how to get back in yeah when you put it like that actually that that even makes the the rhythm game analogy even clearer for me like yeah that's exactly what it's what it feels like with the with the actual hardware but joe i don't think getting far enough in the game matters other than the boss fights for for the most part the game shows you what what you're going to be doing through each stage by revealing almost all of the enemies except for the the various bosses and we haven't even mentioned that there are boss fights in this game uh i think that's a, a, another like you know neat touch for a zapper game the boss fights that i um the i think the first one is the three circles right yeah three yeah, circles all that you, spinning around right that you spin around and whatever um but then after that it becomes like a serpent and an atom and uh a, a, a big ship Th those things are, are cool boss fights i only uh saw the circles so um not you know not really that cool of a boss fight but what did you think of these boss fights uh i mean i thought that the the again i only f actually fought against the circles as well and oh, I okay. thought it was very, you know, accurate and and 
and, and interesting to have a boss fight in it, but I really I only experienced the other bosses through YouTube videos. But it, it does look like it would be really cool to fight the serpent. I mean, just imagine that. It's like you, you have all these targets. you got to kind of take it out as it's coming at you and going away from you. Um, I, I think that they, they look clever. I can't speak to what they actually feel like to play against. The other thing, too, and not that these guys uh, are any significantly bigger than the, um, than the regular ships or anything, though they, they are bigger... Uh, they move pretty fast too. It just it feels like, uh, you know, on some on some scale, having just the one enemy that you deal with that, uh, granted, is only a little bit bigger and he still moves really fast. These boss fights might um, be considered a a welcome break from the otherwise rapid enemies crossing your screen. Right now, you're just dealing with one enemy one on one. Yeah, I'd say so. At least for the first boss, it's like a little bit of a relief. You're like, okay, all I have to do is beat this guy, and then I'm moving on. And to have a, a little bit of a larger target is nice, too. Although I believe for most of them, uh, there's a, you can't just hit them anywhere. You have to aim for a specific part. I think with the serpent, it's the head, and uh, with the atom, it's the center. Uh, I, I don't know where it is with the ship, but um, I don't know. I don't think anybody ever needs uh, to to go that far into the game anyway. Yeah, but it's it's kind of funny because it's like so many games have this mechanic where it's like a hit the glowing weak spot of the boss, and and that's kind of perfect for a for a zapper game. Uh, it's weird that like we don't. This is the first example of boss fights in a zapper game. Now that I think about it, like this this works really well. And although none of us got to the ending, Joe, you might have caught this on your YouTube uh, watch. At the very end of the game, uh, none other than Nestor from Nintendo Power shows up to um, congratulate you. Uh, although he's not like he's not referencing Nintendo Power, but it is Nestor spelt exactly the same way. Um, and since this game was published by Nintendo, we can assume in this game he takes on the role of president of the Terrestrial Federation. But I don't know. I kind of like stuff like that. At that point, maybe if you're gonna make a reference, just put in like Mario though, right? Or something like, like just make it an actual Nintendo character and not this like guy who show this kid who shows up in your comic strips in Nintendo power, but cool. Nonetheless, I, I just appreciate that. I don't, I don't know what year it's supposed to be in this game, but you've got this somewhat, I guess it's like a futuristic, uh, dome based society. And then you've, you've just got the space shuttle in the background. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't get that, but I dig it. I mean, maybe it's like this great, it's like a piece of history. It's like a museum where you have like dinosaurs in the background. And there's just like our the ancient space shuttle in the background. It is the tallest structure. <laughs> um, also, I thought it was funny that the, because I didn't connect Nestor to the to the comic character uh, who I'm very only tiny, like only very barely aware of. Um, so when I, when like this thing, this letter came up, it was like your courage and effort saved the earth. This whole letter from the president of the terrorist trial federation, Nestor, the magnificent. I was like, was this established? Like, I like, like you're saying this, like, I know who Nestor, the magnificent is like, was this, was this in the manual or that's funny? Yeah. The reference was kind of lost on you. Now I get it. On the sequels and spinoff side, none again. Are we starting to think that maybe there's a bias towards games released earlier in a console's life getting more franchise behavior because they were they were first, 
They sold longer, sold better, just had more time to get like a fan base around them. And now we're just kind of lost in this boring middle where they're already competing with the other 230 something NES games that are already out there. And if they don't sell like hotcakes right away, they're just kind of dead in the water and there's never a reason to revive them. Is that is that the thinking? I mean, I know economically uh, for a company like sequels and spinoffs are, are healthy, um, but I I kind of appreciate that there's that we're getting into a bit more of a, a bunch of one offs that you don't need to um, just they didn't need to keep churning out more. Uh, so that that's just my opinion. I don't I don't think it's a bad thing that we're that we're not seeing as many sequelized works. All right. Well, we still have one last thing we've got to do. Um, and you know who knows what happens in this segment. This is the one segment that I in my document I always leave blank because it's not scripted. The rest of the show is, but not this part. It is the essential games list. Sean, your vote for To the Earth. I appreciate that To the Earth, uh, it, it it sets itself apart from a lot of the other Zapper games. I I keep asking myself every time one comes up on the show, like, oh, there's why are they still making these? Like, I thought this was just another thing that was part of the early NES catalog, and now there's really no reason, because there's only so many different ways that you can arrange shooting stuff on a screen. Um, at least in terms of, like, just that one interaction. Um, but the fact that they kind of made this a hardcore mode is cool, and I I like the um, I, I like the the setting and uh, everything surrounding it. But it's just so hard to play, um, and the fact that it is just that hardcore mode and doesn't really have too much personality tells me that uh, for me at least it's not on the essential games list. Joe, so I I played this game. Uh... Over the weekend, I started playing it with a couple of friends of mine, friends of the show, John and Eric. I feel the need to do that now because I always do that for Mark also. Um, so we were we were all playing it. We were having a, we were having a good time. And uh, it like I can't pretend it's not fun. It's just really, really hard, which doesn't necessarily like equal bad. Um, and, I, and I'll say that like I do find myself like in the days since... Like once w- take a break from whatever I'm doing because I'm just like kind of itching to to go to go try try again, uh, and that's how I'm getting like a little better, a little better. Now, granted, we're talking we're talking a few days worth of me practicing and getting better and better, and I've only one time beat the first level of the game, so I think that this is a really really good game for like a specific breed of gamer that really wants like a like a difficult challenge to sink their teeth into, and I think it. I think it does do better in like in like a time like I mentioned earlier when when everybody just has a couple of video games to play and like this is the this is the fun like thing that they go do with their friends like frequently and then you get better in it and it like this difficulty lends itself to like a a long time of like practicing and like you know so taking significant pride in how far you can get in the game um and i'm going to say that like i i this is one of those games that i am on the fence about it's not like a this is not just like just another zapper game like you said sean where it like feels like the same as a lot of other things we've gotten and i considered for a while voting it essential 
ultimately I steered clear of it because one, I do think it is a little bit niche for someone who really wants like this level of challenge. Um, but two, uh, it's the, that lack of that lack of um, personality that you mentioned, which on one hand, I do think that this has a lot of personality with like, it's cool. Some cool ship designs and some cool, like a decent story and decent, like, cutscenes sort of too um so in that sense there's there's good personality but it's i guess for me it's like not quite enough to it it's a, it's a kind of a short game which that's probably why it's so hard also to kind of make it artificially long because you only go to you you only go to i think like four planets and you skip over mars for some reason like it feels like they were just there's not quite enough to the game and i just feel like it doesn't um it doesn't necessarily fit now in 2022. So I'm kind of reluctantly rambling here, but explaining why I'm not voting it essential. But it's one of those ones I was on the fence about, but I, but I landed on no. All right. So two no's. It can't go on the essential games list. And I am also going to vote no here. It is It is a different kind of zapper game which is really cool it's fun to see that whether this company is just nintendo with a mask on or whatever it's fun to see that people are still trying to come up with creative ways to make zapper games and not just target practice style games that can just continue to be rehashed under different themes uh like oh this one's a western this one you're training to become a cop it's like no this actually took you to the sci-fi element of everything and brought us to space and had a little bit of a shmup like quality to it all that stuff is unique and different that stuff isn't criteria for the essential games list i never just think about like oh well this game should go on because it's offering something no other nes game is there has to be a uh, a level of polish and quality to these games because remember we're promoting them as something that are still worth playing in 2022 and i think if you're us and uh you know you know even if you're just joe and you bought a copy of the game and you're doing it for the podcast and you're playing with your friends, that can be a very enjoyable experience. But it's something you sought out because of the podcast. It's not something I would just recommend, like, people who are checking out the NES library to go ahead and, like, oh, don't don't forget to check out To the Earth because it's very unique and you've never seen a Zapper game like it because uh, you're also forgetting to tell them that it's really, really hard. Um, it takes a lot of, uh, you know, fast reflexes. And it doesn't offer much variety between the stages. I think those things are huge caveats besides it being unique. So that's my vote for no. That doesn't mean that, um, you know, it doesn't have a shot later. We have the best of 1989 coming up uh, very soon. We're in the December of 1989. And uh, for those of you who are just recently listening to Nostalgia, you should know that at the end of every year, uh, a season of an of a show, if you will, every season we do a best of. For that year, where we look at every game that came out uh, for the year, this year being 1989, and decide, like, what were the themes, what did we like, what didn't we like, what are we hoping for, but also, we look at the Essential Games list as a whole, and think about, should these games be on there, should other games be added to them, why is this game here, but this game isn't, it's a good conversation, and it's coming up soon, so I thought it was worth talking about, but not too soon, we still have games like All Pro Basketball next week, um, Archon or Archon, whatever that is, uh, the following week. And then still some heavy hitters. The Battle of Olympus, Dig Dug 2, uh, Wizards and Warriors 2, Shadowgate, 
you know, to keep up the movie theme, RoboCop. All these episodes are still coming up, and they're coming up soon. So don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And maybe check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash nostalgia. There you can get access to our Discord. Sean, what are people talking about on the Discord? Uh, they're they're talking about their their personal lives. Uh, they're talking about uh, credit card numbers and lots of weird personal details. You don't you don't have to do that, but that seems to be one of the main topics of conversation is swapping social security numbers. Joe, what else are they talking about? They're talking about the NES. They're talking about the essential games list. They talk about the games that we're coming up playing. A lot of them seem to be playing these games alongside us. It's always interesting to get their opinions on that. It's a fun time on that Discord. So you get the Discord. You get uh, another show, Nostalgia Bites, where we play through some Famicom stuff, although not in chronological order. And, you know, if you just don't uh, have the uh, time or, uh, you know, want to talk to us in that kind of capacity, you can always just support us on Twitter at NostalgiaCast, visit our website, NostalgiaCast.com, or just hit the stop button on the podcast and I'll stop plugging things. It's that simple. (laughs) 